welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I want to talk to us just a little bit before I read my simple word of the year. Um, I, I felt like for quite some time that that God was wanting us to sort of live life from a perspective that we don't have to, you know, have you ever had that thought in your mind? Like, what's the point? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I think God really wants to answer that sort of definitively. I think definitively means that it's, it's not a question that we need to keep re-asking. Have you ever had this experience where you um, you kind of have a reoccurring, let's just call it negativity, maybe. Does anybody have a reoccurring negativity? And you kind of wish you could just rid your life of that because it's like a it's like a cancer, you know, and and weirdly enough that if you if it goes un dealt with, you'll kind of hook up with other people that have that same cancer. Strange, isn't it? Have you ever had that happen? Yes. And then all of a sudden, birds of a feather have flocked together and we, baby, are all, we are like pumping up our belief in that area. That's really how faith works. Wherever two or three agree. It's the power of just what we believe. And see, it, is it easy for you? So it, it's so easy for me to see how we do that in, in negativity. Yeah. Especially like one of, what, what do you think? I think, let me just, never mind what you think. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think one of the enemy's greatest tools to preempt you from apprehending your destiny is offense. And it's so crazy. The things that he uses are actually things that you were injured in before you ever knew the current offending party. And so that means the current offending party has no hope of really repairing it because they weren't the original offender. That's, that is the key to why forgiveness is so key is that it will come up again years later when you're unsuspecting right when you're about to apprehend something amazing. That's when he does it. He holds out. I know. Isn't that good? We could just go home right there. And see, when I begin to realize that these rando tactics of the enemy are just obstacles. I like to think of it as the Donkey Kong game and those barrels, baby, just keep coming. I mean, like you can't even see the source. Has anyone ever played Donkey Kong? You can't even see the source, but don't they just keep coming? And see, that's what the enemy does. That's why we've been speaking so much about this seed of bronze because that judgment was created in us and God, his intention is to extract it out of us. Now, what 
what ways that that becomes extracted kind of determine we're determining that so if i have a lot of pride say but i cloak it which often pride is cloaked in self-pity it's cloaked in in an area that says, I need someone to take care of me, but it's actually pride. And it's so hard, isn't it, to see what it really is because it has a jacket on. Yeah, It's got a windbreaker on. And it's all, right, and so we're, we just keep pointing to the windbreaker. And we keep saying, oh, but don't, don't you feel sorry for me? Right. Let me tell you my story. Back in 1970, someone done me wrong song. I wrote a second verse in the 80s. And then in the 90s, third verse came along and I did a bridge in 2000. (laughs) This is my life song. And I want to sing it to you every time we get together to mentor. (laughs) And some of us as mentors... We just play the song. We just play the guitar with them. Okay, I'll just play. As opposed to, I love, I've been kind of just sniffing around at Jeremy Riddle's book he just wrote called, and uh, Mendel, uh, I think she alluded, did you allude to it earlier? You were going to, but did you? Okay, well, she meant to allude to it earlier, so I'm going to, I'm going to do it now. He, it's called The Reset, and of course, it's about worship. He's he called it the returning to the heart of worship in a life of undivided devotion. And it's interesting because I feel like part of what God is instructing us is to actually apprehend our destiny. One attribute of doing that is going to be re- to return to the true heart of worship. And he made this statement. He said, wherever, this is the very first line of the book, first page, first chapter, wherever God is worshipped, 95 other people highlighted it in my Kindle right here, it tells me, wherever God is worshipped in spirit and in truth, His kingdom is established. Now, what happens if, if the kingdom is established? You know, it's interesting, I, I watched that little crown show, you know, and season four came out and it's all about bulimia basically poor little princess diana who suffered greatly from it and you know we were we were sisters in the spirit i just <laughs> i always believe that have you ever had have you ever had it's just it's just a thing it was just a thing we were about the same age and you know it was just a thing back then and so i watch it but what what the whole premise of the royal family is, is that they don't want to lose their validity in the eyes of the people. If they lose their validity, then they'll do away with the kingdom. They'll do away with their rulership as it was in those days. They were, they were established as the king or queen was the supreme being that reported to God. And I love this queen. She's almost 100 years old now, but she's all that's been her sort of legacy was that she believes she served God over the people. And so think about it. If God is trying to establish a kingdom through people, did y'all need me to prove that to you? No, you're good? Okay. Great. I was going to get to scripture if we need one. Then. 
then the people that are that are in the kingdom need to identify what their role is in the kingdom. And that's why I love how God said everything's important. Your eye, your nose hair. I plucked a chin hair this morning, baby, that was that long. I was like, where are my friends? I mean, like I have, I've made it a rule that anyone that's in a relationship with me has to see these things and tell me because I can't see them anymore. And that thing has escaped their gaze. I can tell you now. I took pictures of them to compare how big, this is not right. See, this is, see, in the kingdom, People need to be responsible for their areas of responsibility. Can you see that? (laughs) So in the kingdom of God, it's the same way. That it doesn't matter if you're a chin hair getter. Right? It doesn't matter because, see, what's the point? The point is establishing a place where his presence is preeminent where it has the ability to flow and function as it intended. It intended to come to chaos and speak to it, let it be, and it be formed into something prosperous. Now, see, we have limited God's ability to move because of our own fears. Agreed? And so in fear, we worshiped other things. You understand that if God says, give away your entire house payment, you've got that earmarked for house payment. And he said, give that away. If I can't, if I have fear, and I'm not saying he's telling y'all, this is not prophetic, but this is an example. If I have fear, if I have reluctance, that means I trust more in me than I do in why he said to give it. Because all giving activates receiving. Yes. You see, that's the point. That's the same thing. If just let's don't use money. Let's use friendship. If he says, go mentor this person or befriend this person, and I don't do that, it's the same thing. That giving of myself, because what? It's inconvenient. Right. It's so much better just to sit at home on the couch and do what you want to do, watch what you want to watch. Don't talk to anybody about nothing. Show up if you want to show up. Don't be responsible if you don't want to be responsible. Don't show up if you don't want to. Did I say that already? See, <laughs> it, it's easier to do that. Yeah, It's harder to come when you don't feel like it. It It's harder to actually prepare yourself for an actual service, to actually pray days in advance. Shocking. Maybe even fast and pray in advance that in the service there would be breakthrough. It's interesting how much of a responsibility we really want to steward. And I, I think the greatest thing I can say about this word that God gave me is that it's really about how that I perceive the stewarding of what is actually predestined to be my inheritance. Your destiny, it's not just a word. It's the reason you live. And it's God made, God breathed, God funded. Anything outside the destiny, could you be good at it? You could, because he made humans amazing. He made humans so amazing that by his dynamic power of co-laboring, we can dissipate all disease. No, see, you didn't get that right there. See, 
It's the co-laboring of His power in my declaration on earth. Without the power, without the declaration, nothing happens. He's not here declaring. He's here empowering. Vinton, let's pull up. I made a going out decree. We're not going out right now, but I want us to look at it. See that man? He's rubbing on some harvest. This is what we're saying today over lives. I came today. Is that the first one? Yes. I came today to apprehend my assignment from Papa. That's why you're in this room. You're coming into a training center. I know that y'all thought we were just coming to watch Shooty sing that real high note earlier and, and Mendel, don't tell anyone, but she joined in on the side. Even though she got no sleep last night, that ditto kept her up all night because she's going to sleep in the bed with her. And so, you know, puppy don't sleep. Mama don't sleep. But see, we didn't come to be entertained. We came to actually fill our lives with a corporate power that we need. We need, it's just like a gas tank. How, how long I can drive my car? About four or five days and I got to get gas again. It just keeps reoccurring. That's your spirit and your soul needs an infilling. If you come here and there's worship going on and you're on your phone playing a game, I'm not saying anybody's doing that, or your, your mind is just off somewhere else. Maybe you just got offended before you came to church or your mind is worried about that you don't have rent for tomorrow. If your mind is not engaged in what's actually going on, you're not, you're not getting filled up. It's like going to the gas station and putting the air holes in your gas tank and just turning it on full blow. There ain't going to be no gas in there. You can have it on all day. Or, do you understand that this, that these corporate sessions, I can't even guarantee they're going to let us do this your whole life. Right. Yeah. You ever thought about the American Underground Church? Freedoms are getting snatched out of your hand all the time. You don't even know it. Why do I want to move into a new building? Because I want us to have freedom. We don't have all the freedom I want us to have. Because why? We pay rent to someone. We are underneath their covering. That propels me to work hard and give so we can have something to move to. I don't need a lot. Number two slide. I came today to apprehend training for my life. Did you did you come in here? I want to I want you to change your mind of what we're even doing in here. You need a fill up. You need some training. Your destiny needs training. Why didn't God make you already know how to do everything when you came to the planet? That should give you an insight of how he works. He loves to take a nothing and make it into something. Yes. 
I came today, number whatever, three, to apprehend skills for my destiny. How many have ever gone to work anywhere and you needed some training? How many have ever had a job that you didn't need any training? How many want training for their job? Why do we, why do we prioritize? Like no one in here would think you're going to go accept a new position that you had no idea how to do it and no one would tell you nothing. No one in here thinks that. I know some of the melons think no one knows anything. It's telling them, but that's beside the point. <laughs> right? Have you ever gone to a job and they didn't train you well? Yes. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> it is a trap. So see, we desire training. Prioritize that your destiny is way more important than whatever job that you're doing. Can you prioritize? Can you just shift some priorities for this year? I promise you, if you would change your priorities, you would change your experience. I came today. Next one. To apprehend all that Jesus apprehended me for. Now, this is going to be our life scripture for the year. It's found in Philippians. I took a little bit of translation liberty because I just can. Let's turn over there, shall we? Philippians 3. I actually pulled it up in the King James for you because I knew that you would want to know. Philippians 3, 12, it says, that I may apprehend that for which... Also, I am apprehended of Jesus. So this tells me what? That Jesus came and got me. He apprehended me. What did he pull on to get me? A pre-deposited faith button. He just pulled on it. How did he do it? Well, it was all different for us. Some of us were lost in despair and loneliness and shame. Some of us were high on a mountain. (laughs) We were all in different locations, right? But we were all our own God. That's it. That's it. We all had that in common. Whether we had a religious paint, whitewashed paint we had painted on it, Uh or whether we were just out in the world, atheistic thinking. He apprehended us for a purpose, not to just do nothing. And see, he did it in a timely fashion. Just when you needed it. And see, even if you had a little hitch, how many knew God and then rebelled for a short period of time and then came back? Cool, huh? <laughs> How many remember the rebellion part more than the salvation part? Therein, therein lies your problem. See, the rebellion was not never more than God. <laughs> he was never nervous because he doesn't have that pterodactyl arm. Oh, I just wish I could just reach them. <laughs> It specifically says that his arm is not short, that he cannot save. See, you had no part in your salvation experience. 
<laughs> he reached out with his long extended arm non-pterodactyl style and he got you at the right time at the right moment at the right position at the right destiny at the right generation in the moment that he needed you and he said now I'll train them and all he says is why don't you forget what I've forgotten join me in forgetting the rebellion because I can't remember it anymore. I can't see it anymore. It, has, it is non-existent to me. And if you're going to live your life based on what you did wrong, we can't prosper. We can't apprehend. We won't reach for anything because we'll be looking back here trying to clean up something that's already been forgotten by the one who apprehended you. And I propose to you that's way more simple than you think. I know you wanted me to tell you how, but I'm not. That's not my message today. Number six. Are we on number six? I will go out today and accomplish. Because see, we, we came in and we learned something. Did you get that? Yeah. This is going to be our going out decree. So you're acknowledging. I just wanted to tell you in advance what you'd be doing when you came in. Nice. Y'all are going to have to tell Chuck because he missed the coming in part. So <laughs> this is what we're going to do when we leave here. Because, see, you're not getting skill for nothing. Come on. Yeah. That's great. You know, when you went to that new job and they showed you how to stack your boxes and make your burgers and sign the checks and write stuff on the calendar. I'm trying to go around and look at everybody's job. <laughs> <laughs> make some pretty pictures, keep some books. They, there was a purpose in that. Yeah. They were showing you how to pluck somebody's eyebrows so that when they came in, you could make them look pretty. Their intention wasn't to train you to pluck eyebrows for you to leave with those long ones still intact. Do you see, the training of the kingdom is so that when you encounter someone in the world, you leave them different than you found them. They should have a love encounter. Now, love looks different to y'all. Y'all, some of y'all think love looks like a doormat. You never say anything. You never have any standards. You just love. Just love. Let everybody do anything you want. Think any way they want. That's love. I propose that's, that's just one side of love that I have compassion. But there's a whole nother side of love that tells truth. If you're all on one side or all on the other, if you're just a truth teller without compassion, you're not going to have any friends. <laughs> if you're just compassion with no truth, you're going to be poor. Because you can't say no. Poor in every way. Tired, money, all of it. You're going to be a rescuer. So see, neither one are right. That's why that you have to get training because you're not good at being the kingdom model all the time. That's why you have to get feedback. That's why you have to have a mentor or someone you trust that you can say, this is this craziest thing I was thinking today. In the last week or so, I've had several people tell me, this is this crazy thought I've been thinking. And can I tell you, it was all negative. 
When someone came to me and said, I've got this crazy thought I've been thinking, it, none of it was positive. <laughs> Zero of it. Why don't we get some crazy thinking that explodes the kingdom into the world? I've been crazy thinking that we're going to, somebody told me that we're, God's going to bless us so much we're going to step into this amazing building. I was like, I believe that with everything I got. Just think if we all believed it. Yes. Just even when someone suggests something to believe for, we have different percentages that we yeah. believe it or want it. Yeah. I'll go out today and accomplish all I'm meant to do in this day. The beautiful thing about God is that he'll give you another day tomorrow. Yes. You can hiccup all over this day and blow this whole day if you want. He'll, there'll be the sun will come up tomorrow. There'll be another try tomorrow. Isn't it cool how every day keeps reoccurring? Next, Papa, I have your heart on my heart today. My focus every day has to. We have to switch from what I need and what I feel to what does He need and what He's feel. If you would just make that one tiny adjustment then he'll supply all your needs according to how much he's got, his riches. Does he have any riches? Does, does anybody believe that he has stuff? Yes. So see, if I'm straining at getting my needs met, that tells me I'm focused more on my need than on the need meter. Correct? So if I shift this one thing and I say, okay, I wake up every day and I say, Papa, what's on your heart today? Holy Spirit, what do you want to say today? What is on your mind today, Holy Spirit? Do you have anything you got going on today? If you do that once a month, you're going to have a good day once a month. Right. Mm-hmm. If you do that once every six months, you're going to have an awesome day once every six months. Six months. But see, what if you could do that every day? It's a simple thing. You could put a sticker on the inside of your eyelids. Easy. And you, when you wake up, that's the first thing you see. How many wake up and look at their phone first thing? Make it be something you look at every day. Do you go look in the mirror? Do you go look at the coffee? What's your first destination when you get up? I bet if there was a big paper on the toilet and that was your first destination, you would move that thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing right here. That's my first destination. Walk up, stumble to the bathroom. Nobody else gets a check. That's the place right there. Me and the Holy Spirit. Just have that few seconds right there to commune. That's your moment. Where, what's your first moment? Are you going to the coffee? Are you just going to your phone? Make it accessible. This is just really practical. Number two, I mean, number seven, whatever. I have your ways on my mind today. So see, think about it. He has a bunch of ways. You do too. I propose to you, your ways are getting in the way of his way. (laughs) And all the ways of yours that gets in the way of all of his are ways that you have to adjust. Listen, he's a standard. I don't propose that anyone in here wants God to change his standard for them. Oh, God, why don't you just lower that bar for me? I mean, you're a good guy. You love me. Just get that bar down a little lower. Just, you know, 
I don't want to have to comb my hair or clean my toes. I, I just want to do a lower bar. See, we, we actually do more maintenance on our exterior that it says is fading away. Think about your spirit man. I think about this a lot. What does he need to grow? My spirit man, I never ever tell him he didn't do enough. You're welcome. Never. My soul tells him that all the time. Well, you didn't do enough this week. You didn't pray enough. I know none of of y'all have this. You didn't read enough. You didn't intercede enough. Oh, Teresa Winter, I didn't do that for one of my cousins that died. I mean, that just, see, it's just a a motive for condemnation. I can't even tell you a good story. It's true. Have you ever just ate ice cream every day for a week and someone says, man, I've been fascinated. Oh, not me. Just (laughs) condemnation. We're just looking for ways to condemn ourselves. If you would just, there's another. One thing you could change this year is stop condemning yourself. It is not a motivator. It does nothing. Stop condemning yourself. Stop letting your soul dictate to your spirit what it needs. See, your spirit is in communion with God while you sleep. So if our mind is going to be on his ways, it might be good to invest in some of his ways. What are God's ways? He loves a lot. You know, when we were trying to decide what to get the Hefs boys for Christmas, I was at talking to the Holy Spirit about it. And one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to go to a trampoline jumping park. And so I went through all this investigation, got all the numbers, you know, made my chart and everything about how much it's going to cost. You know how that's just how I have to process information. I got to have a chart. And the Holy Spirit said, um, how about we just trampoline every day? (laughs) And I thought to myself, indeed, that sounds like a better idea. (laughs) Chart aside. Now, see, there's a part of me who's like, but the chart. (laughs) The chart. So then I have to go investigate which one has another additional activity on there. How about one where you can shoot the basketball (laughs) as well as jump? And then I thought, well, I could have all my girls from Desrim go and put that thing together. And then the Holy Spirit said, I'm feeling some bro action. I'm feeling some brotherly love right here. I'm feeling some mental men modeling is what I'm feeling, the Holy Spirit said. See, the Holy Spirit always has a better idea. I mean, you have to ask them, you know, are they enjoying trampolining? I know Breezy is because she gets to sit inside on the couch. (laughs) Just watch bouncing. 
It's like a literal mommy daycare. <laughs> you see, this was the Holy Spirit had a win-win on that. I didn't even think about her. I didn't even think about her. I was just thinking about them little boys, but the Holy Spirit was thinking about her. Yes. See, he's, he's just got a better way. I, I think I know a way. But man, when he trumps it, it's like, cool. That was so much better. Number eight, I'm looking outward, not inward. See, let me tell you, it's so confusing to us, I think, just like Christy was mentioning, is it a battle or is it a refining? It's the same. This is the same way. Am I supposed to take care of my needs or am I supposed to take care of everybody else's needs? This is so confusing for some. Agreed? I'm not going to answer that question today either. <laughs> Number nine. I am loving others just like you have loved me. This is what we're going to be saying about ourselves. Number 10, I will apprehend what I have been apprehended for. Yes. Do you even know that? That sounds exciting, doesn't it? I know everybody got excited about that. What have you been apprehended for? Do you know? I propose you, everybody in here, it's something different. See, Jesus so loved That he gave you a chance to know some stuff before somebody else. He gave you a chance to lay down old style worship for the new. He gave you a chance to know things that you're going to actually be a catalyst or a leader in ushering other people into the freedom that you've known. See, your freedom doesn't stop here. Can I, can I propose to you that the greatest freedom of my life is freeing bro to worship in purity. It didn't even have anything to do with me. To free Shooty to know that that smoky voice of hers makes me have an encounter with him every time. See, the freedoms, can I propose that the freedoms of your life are going to have little to do with you? Yeah. It's just something that you've got to mature your little mind toward. Because yes. see, just like little kids, we're all mature, immature. We're all just want, want, want. So it's so hard to have only children because... They don't even know that they're selfish. They don't even know that they're not good at sharing. You know, we got this new puppy action going on, and we have some established alpha dogs at our house. One in particular, it's Lynn's dog, Jazzy. Jazzy thinks that she rules the world. She doesn't like Rolly. She don't like Scout. And so she don't like Tot. So this morning, she let Tot know by embracing her 
mouth onto Tot's head. Now, I was watching it, and I don't really think there was any biting going on, but Tot, you would have thought Jazzy had bit her living head off. She could not quit screaming for long, but Lynn's freaking out, and I'm just watching it because that's what I do. And she's screaming and screaming and screaming. There's no blood. There's nothing. You know, remember when Indy bit Scout's head off, you know, and that was a whole different thing, right? Blood was spewing. <laughs> but see, whenever you engage people that have established territory, their alphaness is going to come up. So you've got to know the Holy Spirit has an entrance point to everybody's heart and life. See, that's the part that I don't think that we get because what we do is we try just one way. See, this is, this is a field that he's running his hand on. He's saying there is so much to harvest. There's opportunity everywhere. If you're going to get easily offended, if you're going to be whining about your head getting bit over some alpha dog, you're going to miss out on the opportunities to actually apprehend what you've been apprehended for. You have got to go get it. You, If you're evangelistic, you have got to go evangelize. It doesn't matter if we have a promoted One Life event. The field is ripe. Todd's okay. <laughs> I don't know if Lynn is, but Todd's good. The next one, I see the fields. They are ready. Yeah. Say to yourselves, they're ready. Yeah. I don't know if you're needing me to whack you over the head, but they're ready. Go get them. They need what you've experienced. They need the freedom you have. Go and get them and invite them and tell them to come. That's ready for you. It's ready for all of us. Do you understand there are people dying today that don't know him that you've known? Admit it. There are people that have died that you have known, that you know you could have said something to. It's not a a condemnation message. It's saying they're ripe. God probably sent somebody else to them because he's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any should die without him. He is not willing. He is always going to be pursuing. You're the pursuer. And the last one is, here I, here I am. Send me. Yes. It's going to be our new going out decree this year. You know, there's two things that I feel like God really spoke to me. It's just that little cliche, let it be done in 21. What is the, what is going, what is the let it? What is the it in that sentence? You know, we've got to begin to frame for ourselves a narrative of what God really wants to do through us in our just daily existence. It's one thing as a ministry that we have a purpose and a plan, and, and and I try to articulate it clearly often, that I intend to train 
prophetic people and apostolic people to train, to be leaders, to train the bride of Christ to do the works of the ministry. But we, as those apostolic and prophetic people, we have to do, we have to be involved in actually supplemental training would be a good way. You know, whenever you, you, um, Whenever I worked in the corporate world, there would be training, ongoing training. What do they call it now? Continue education, whatever. And and so why? Because the landscape of life changes. See, if in the kingdom we are experiencing new moves of God, that means the landscape of what people expect is changing. So we have to continue to change. That's why we had to change our worship style. Because I wanted to make, I wanted to make room for the bride to sing her own song back to the king. I wanted to make room for a holy God who hasn't had a voice to be able to speak through song on what he has in store for his own children. I wanted to make an opportunity not to just regurgitate some song. I mean, that's why our songs, I think, are really wordy. You know, Mendel's really wordy. She's got a lot of wordy in there. She's really wordy. They write a lot. And so they have a lot to say about what God has to say on the earth today. And we just turn that into a song because everybody can remember a song easier. But I wanted to read this word over you before we go. It's not real long. And I made a little PowerPoint out of it. And I also have a handout, which coincidentally that has an additional P on it under the picture that Lynn and I are still trying to figure out how that got on there. So if I don't want to hand it out, I'll get it Wednesday, but you may have a handout with a P. Y'all don't care, I know. Are you ready? Yes. The title of it is Apprehend. And again, the scripture that I want us to remember is Philippians 3, 12. It's a simple little section that I may apprehend that which Jesus apprehended me for. If you would like to read that entire passage, it's so good in Philippians 3. I mean, we've read it a lot around here, but I like um, in the Amplified, it says, not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like. That's, that is what he's apprehended you for to be Christ-like. Yeah. And think about it. Everybody needs to work on something different to be looking more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The introverts and extroverts, they have to work on something different. Yes. You can't look over at your neighbor. They didn't come from where you came from. Right. What you have to work on is different. If you came from abuse, you have to work on something different. If you came from Religion, you have to work on something different. If you came from atheism, you got to work on something different. We're all working on something different. But the goal is that he apprehended you and he grabbed hold of that faith stick in you and pulled you to himself so that he can be living in you to make you look more like him on the earth. See, when we get to heaven, we won't need this process. This place, on, I wish you could be enthusiastic like, this place on earth is the only time you get this opportunity to actually display Him in this way. Yes. Through your own personality, your own flavor, your own wording, your own history. Yes. 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 Wow. 
Not that I've already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on. That's this apprehension. That's what it means. It's the same word, apprehend. I press in, press on, so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ took hold of me for and made me his own. (laughs) It's a no-brainer. That's his goal. His goal for your life is to make you look like him. That's it. There's no other goal. It's not to make sure you get the best job on the planet. It's not to make sure you get the best house, the best car. But I promise you, if you become more like him, all those things will be added. Because you learn to steward. That's the beautiful part about God. Is he doesn't give us more than our maturity can handle. No more than I doubt that they're going to walk out today and let Ave drive their car home. Ave <laughs> may think he can. But see, as a good parent, they wouldn't be saying, let's risk it. Let's see if he can get us all home. That's such a good dad. He was like, let's don't risk it. You can't get us all home. Let's just, let's just have a little more maturing, a little more time logged. We're all like, hey, I've been serving God for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Where's all the anointing, the blessing? Why aren't my prayers getting answered? Well, how many have you logged? Back to the word. That's such a nice graphic test. Yeah. We're going to make it some posters. And, you know, I want a shirt. I have to start over. I am calling to a select group of my chosen ones. Get ready. I'm going to mess you up right here. Although all are called, those who are chosen are not from a process of elimination, but rather those who have become abandoned to me. The chosen are those who have chosen me. So you thought he was like going around, um, uh, you, not you, you, no, no, you, yeah, no. What do you choose? The chosen are the ones that choose. From his perspective, all are chosen. Although I have chosen you from the beginning, many choose to disqualify themselves, which leads to the lack of being chosen by what they themselves choose. (laughs) I wrote this at 2.30 in the morning, so you know. But this call goes out to those who already know their choice. Do you? That's really the question on the table today. This apprehension is for those who already know their choice. I'm saying this year is the year of apprehending what is theirs. Apprehending requires, big word, acquisition, and retrieval from whomever, wherever, 
or whatever got your goods. Whatever obtained that which you were already predestined to have in your possession, go get it. Go get it from them. Whoever, wherever, whatever you need to do. If it's somebody that said something about you when you were three, go back there and get it from them. And say, you cannot tell me who I am. See, what you don't understand is that there are people in your life that keep you stuck in what you're not by what they say by your choice of relationship with them. Unfortunately, in this world, people didn't agree with what God called you to be. And when they don't agree with it, they don't train you in it. It's just a reality. I'm sorry that some of y'all feel sorry for yourselves in that area, that you didn't have a mom and dad that did that. But that's just the reality of it. If they didn't know who they were and they weren't apprehending their destiny and they weren't living out of their God call, if they all they were doing was trying to put food on the table, they missed it. The knowledge of God's been on the earth a long time. And so it's time for you to wake up that if you're not protecting your boundaries and your destiny, nobody's going to. Some of y'all need to actually, let me just give you a word of encouragement. It's really another word, but I use the word encouragement. Some of y'all need to really look at how you're doing relationships with people because some of them are sabotaging your destiny and you're letting them by the words they say. And I'm telling you, you're going to fight the same circular battle your whole life because you're actually letting the doors open circular over and over. You get a little progress and then you reopen the door, you get a little progress. And I'm just telling you, it's never going to work ever. And I don't, I don't feel like I should keep having to say that. The truth be told. I feel like I am presenting you with a gold nugget and you're trying to decide if you're going to let the sewage of your life continue to be involved in it and just pour a little bit. Just, I'll just take a little drop of it. And I think you've got to wake up to the fact that those that pursue God's heart ardently, who lay aside the wills and promises and disappointments even of what their families couldn't be, that's who God's going to use. You know, have you ever woke up to the fact that maybe you're not the one that's going to win your family for God? But there's 10,000 others you are, but you're so focused on the one, you miss the 10. Apprehending requires a predetermined kingdom standard of what you will steward. This is not a secret. This is not an unknown. This is not hard. God made humanity and he made the earth and he made a plan. And he established us on this earth to carry out a miracle plan. Where the things that are going on in heaven, he gave us the keys that we're able to orchestrate them to go on on earth. And it starts with lives. 
It starts with a heart change. See, you today, right now, everyone sitting with us in this room without fail, have a key to somebody's heart that you know that God said you can insert it and turn it. Pam has great influence with people in high places. She right now, she has an opportunity. She has the key to influencing someone in a high position right now. And she is navigating how she's going to insert that key. Because you know what? God's going to unlock that heart. Being responsible for what you apprehend will be a necessary choice of personal management for you. You know, every choice we make moves us towards something, keeps us stagnant, or moves us backwards. It's the reality of the price of choices. If you are finding yourself in a continual, ongoing, circular, circular battle, like a common battle, wake up today and let me tell you, you are doing the same thing over and over. That's why it keeps reoccurring. You are on the same path over and over. That's why it keeps reoccurring. It's not some big secret. It's not some new demon. It's not some new level, new devil. I'm just telling you that that's not God's plan. God's plan isn't that we are so consumed with the battle that we can't enjoy the victory. That's not his plan. So that you've got to wake up and adjust and say, I must be doing something with this brain of mine, with this mind of mine that sets its affections on something else that I actually want. And that's the entrance point of the enemy. Just like three more slides and I'm done. I know. It's so good, isn't it? I just want to go on forever. This year will call in the greatest harvest of my chosen ones more than ever before. Yeah. You know, I propose to you that this, this show, The Chosen, I, I propose to you that it's a prophetic sign. I don't know if that guy knows it or not. I don't know anything about him. But God always gives us an indicator of what he's going to do. Remember last year when the Kansas City Chiefs won, and, and what did it say? The kingdom come back. This year, I propose to you, this is the year of the chosen. Yeah. And the chosen isn't what you've always thought, that God just went around and hand-selected some special people. The special people, it is what you choose. Are you is is your name on the back of your shirt at the end of this year going to be the chosen by your choices? Or are you going to still be waiting in line hoping he points his finger at you? See, if if I realize that I'm the chosen by my choice, then I would run to the people that had the stuff that I wanted to do or be involved in. I'd say, what must I do to be involved with that, to get to do that? It's that that's what I would do. Whether it be at work or church. I have equipped my apostles and prophets. I said this earlier. It's time for them to equip my bride to do the works that I predestined them to do. 
What are the works? I read it earlier. It's fruit that abides. Please, let's use the measurements that God gave to us to see if we're doing it his way. Let's use those measurements. So he said fruit was something we could judge. But guess what? If you don't have good fruit, don't be trying to judge everybody else's fruit. Get you good fruit first. You know, Florida's kind of known, we went to Florida and it's kind of known for their orange juice, you know, which can I assure you we had none of. That's what I did for my friends. Took them to get none of that delicious orange juice I told them about weeks on end. But if I had, it tastes nothing like the oranges in Oklahoma. That tells me fruit is geographical. Did you? Are you sure? Are you sure it took you a second? See, we've got to learn to adjust to God's way. Fruit is geographical, I assure you. So if you're going to be comparing your Oklahoma oranges to Florida, you're going to be disappointed. See, God has positioned you in this house, in this tribe for a reason. It's for you to activate your faith for the more for this tribe. Not just for the more for your little tiny self, for your little will. Three more slides. Prepare your hearts with my love and prepare your minds with the mind of Jesus. Can I tell you all of this we already went over all last year. It's kind of like, have you ever, were you ever held back in school? Like you were sick for a while and you missed school for weeks on end. Anybody ever had that happen? Pam, what happens when you come back? Are they like, hey, you're good. Oops. Hey, you're good. What do they do? Had to have tutoring. Had to catch up. See, I don't know where you all are on this leadership plan, but it's been going on a while. And see, the people in the room that have actually embraced that that's what they really needed, they didn't, they didn't skip out. They didn't take a few months out where they weren't, where they maybe were here in body, but they actually weren't here in spirit. And see, there's some ketchup. You need a tutor. You're going to need a tutor. Because you missed out last year because you were checked out with some mental illness. <laughs> That's so good. So true. But see, it's available. It's all, you can go on YouTube and watch it. It's all available because why? Because those are principles. Just like you cannot do algebra in 12th grade that... From, if you miss all of the stuff leading up to it or whatever's up there. You know what I'm saying. It's a, it's a principle. The learning in school is similar to the learning in the kingdom. It's principle upon principle. If you're, you skipped out for a couple of years, you're behind. But there's tutoring available. If half the time you're hating on being here, you got behind. You weren't invested. You weren't getting it. It's just a reality. 
I wish I could make it different. I wish I could say like, Pam, you, you miss out all that school and they just like, hey, you're good, but you're not. Your faith gets activated by your participation. Just making sure I'll have some pain. The fields are ripe, as we already said, and they're ready for the harvesters, harvesters, those who will care and train the gifts of the Holy Spirit in them. See, you, here's, here's the thing where we're at right now. Some of y'all have figured out you got these amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit, but you want them to actually be really good and, and really precise without actually putting a whole lot of work into thinking about them. I love Mendel last night. She said, I'm pretty sure that I've got this amazing spiritual gift, but I'm, I'm a two-year-old when it comes to wielding it in the spirit, something like that. I don't think that's true about her, but that's just how it feels. I get that feeling. But see, it's not enough to know you have a spiritual gift. It, you've got to realize your spiritual gift was never designed to just make you feel better. The Holy Spirit makes us feel better. Let's don't. I was trying to think of another analogy, like work oriented. So Charlie, he he goes and he passes out stuff to people at work. Shirts and stuff, probably. Well, he doesn't make that shirt that he's given away give him value. Because then every time he gave a shirt away, he'd lose his value. His shirt is just a conduit to be able to reach somebody that otherwise I'd never meet. So I can't get any value out of the shirt or the money that comes along with handing out the shirt. That can have no value. The value is that I have been chosen by the King of Kings. And he put me here. And when I come up to that person, whether it's a dentist or it's a shirt person or it's somebody getting their eyebrows done or it's somebody that's a realtor, when I get that moment that I'm, I'm able to reach out and touch them in whatever avenue, whatever fulcrum there is between me and them, that moment is an assignment from the Holy Spirit. So see, when I take on my destiny, my destiny then becomes, I'll see what's in them. And I'll say, hey, I love how Shooty does it. There's, we had a customer not too long ago, and, and the Holy Spirit had told Shooty this gift of the Spirit that this lady had. And so she began to describe it to that lady. And that lady began to tell her story after story. I know that's true because this happened. I've never had language for it. Can I tell you, you're not going to be telling anybody anything they don't already know. You're just actually giving them language. And if your language is seasoned with the salt of the Holy Spirit, it'll taste so good to them. They'll say, I've got to know more about how you know that about me. Last one, right? Let your heart cry be, here I am, send me. Let me just pray this over you. We're obviously going to be unpacking different things and we're studying this book on apprehended identity and it's really amazing and I just pray all of y'all take time to invest in it. 
So Holy Spirit, just we receive this word from you today and we believe it's from you. We believe that you're telling us that we have a destiny to apprehend and we believe that you're telling us that we're capable of doing it and we want to partner with you. So today we say that we will lay down all the ways that we try to make it on our own, all the ways that we try to rearrange it and make it be somehow about us feeling good. But we just say today that come and train us, come and equip us, come and make us everything that you meant for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like a copy of this word with a special P on it, they'll be available at the back. So good. So good. So you're all fired up yeah. to apprehend, yeah. ready to go out and get it. Excited about it? Yeah. Okay, so you know it's probably not going to happen the way you're thinking right now. <laughs> right? You've been around long enough to know that, right? The way you're thinking about going out there and apprehending it right now, the way that triggers the thoughts in your mind, it's not going to happen that way. But it's going to be easier than you think. I feel like that's part of the message today and part of the overall word for the year. It's not going to happen the way you think. You're not going to use the tools that you are currently thinking of, that you have, the skills that you currently have, but it's going to be easier than you would think. I would um, really encourage you guys to go back and listen to that song today because I do feel like there was a lot in it. And it is about how simple it is that it really is just about love, that the foundation for everything that we do in ministry and our personal lives and everything is from a source that's simpler and more pure than we tend to make it. Um, Tisa mentioned that I had mentioned the book, uh, Jeremy Riddle's new book called The Reset that I, I've been reading. And one of the parts in there that, that um, she was alluding to that I didn't mention earlier is he shares about um, the story of Peter and I just hadn't really ever thought about it this way before, but real briefly, he says that, you know, Peter was the guy who he was really, really passionate. He was strong. He was brave. You know, that's the kind of guy that we think, yeah, he would be a real resource on a ministry team, right? He's passionate. He's going to go get her. His zeal was going to take him places and even bring other people along with him. I mean, that's, that's what we people, humans tend to think about as recognizing somebody that has a lot of skills or resources to be an ad. But what he said uh, really struck me because he said, in the end, Peter had all of that, all of those things failed him. You know, he tried to cut off the guy's ear and Jesus rebuked him and said, no, you know, he, he end with just, he wanted to die for Christ, but he ended up denying him three times. In fact, he says that in, in scripture, it says that he was the only one that denied him. So the, the most passionate guy, the boldest guy was the only one that actually denied Christ. And so he was left there broken. And he said in, in the book, Jeremy Riddle said, what struck him is that what did Jesus say to him afterwards when he was being restored? Jesus said, but do you love me? And he couldn't figure out why he asked him that, but he, he asked him that three times. But do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And so the emphasis that I'd never gotten before was that 
was all he, Peter needed. That's all Peter needed was love for Jesus and to know he was loved. All that was needed was love. His, his passion wasn't needed. His strength wasn't needed. His bravery wasn't needed. It was just love. And he said he figured it out. Jeremy Riddle figured it out, you know, that that then became the foundation for Peter's ministry was just love. That's what made him a successful, you know, person in the Bible and scripture made him, gave him a successful ministry. And so I want to propose that the same thing is going on with us. You know, we, we come and it's, it ever, it happens to everybody. We come thinking that we have certain things to offer certain strengths and we think that they're going to be utilized because why wouldn't God want to use them? And this happens on all different levels. You know, I, we've talked about being over-responsible here, you know, the over-responsible people. Well, I was thinking about it in the other, the other day, and I was thinking, well, another way you could say that, like for me personally, is that I, I was really good at stewarding things. You know, we talk about stewarding the gifts and stewarding our inheritance from him and our destiny. I would have said I was really good at stewarding things. I had the history of being good at stewarding things, but you know what? God has been bringing me through this process for the last several years of showing me that he doesn't want me to steward his thing the way that I was stewarding things. So I'm having to relearn how to steward his things by not doing all the things that in my mind made me a good steward of things. And they're, they're not things that anybody would call bad. In fact, you know, we're encouraging some of you to, to do those things, you know, but I'm purposefully being withheld from doing them because I'm learning how to steward his way. And so that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, that he's wanting to, to, as many people have said, reduce us down to what is the actual foundation and the simple the simplicity of the true source of power for all that we do in life. And, and that's what that song was about. And that's what that word that I read earlier was about, that it all really comes down to, to love. It comes down to knowing we're loved and loving him and doing everything out of that place. And so that song is talking about whether you're in a battle or you're just being refined, whether things look like destruction around you, go back to the praising the one name, go back to singing the one song, shouting the one statement, whatever it is. It's about a, it's a personal individual song, an individual sound of praising him and loving him. And so this, this year, this, this powerful word, I know it's just really, really powerful. The whole, just the literal word about apprehending is really powerful. And we've been leading up to it, you know, unbeknownst to us, we've been leading up to it about apprehending our inheritance. Remember when I, I shared a while back that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and in the footnote in the Passion Translation, it talks about what Jesus was doing that the disciples didn't realize was that he was preparing them and giving them access to a new inheritance. And that's what is available to us today. It's a new day, a dawning of a new day, a new level of us apprehending our destiny and the inheritance that Jesus died to give us. But we've got to be willing to do it his way and allow him to refine us. Okay. So again, just go back and listen to that song. Maybe we'll put the words in Evernote um, for you to review. 
um, because it's this powerful one-two punch, okay, of getting you, of being fired up to go get it, but do it from this new place, this new place inside. All right, so Papa, we just say thank you for today. We thank you for this word of the year that we know is just going to continue to unfold and mean more to us than we can even imagine today. We thank you that you are so passionate about training us and sending us out to operate in our destiny with the true source of love and the true source of union with you. So I just pray that this word today just resonates in the heart and minds of every single person hearing it, that it just resonates. It brings um, pictures to mind that dreams would be had, that, that people would see things through a new lens based on the way that they heard this word today that they would be charged, supercharged to go out and live this year differently than they ever have. And we just say thank you for the promises that come with it. We say thank you and that we partner our belief, our faith, our trust, and our expectation with all that you've said is available to us this year. And so we are confident in our faith and we have great expectation for the things we're going to see and experience this year. So we say a big, bold yes to you today, a big, bold yes to you. And we will say yes to you every single day of this year. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Papa. Thank you that you are a warrior team every year, every year, every single day. So we love you. We love you. We love you. And we will love even more than this. We will love even more than this. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.